to take your Bibles with you this morning and turn to the book of First Corinthians. I know you said Mark, stop Mark. We have been in the book of Mark for over a year, and we're getting towards the end of that. But this morning, I was, I was thinking about, as I always try to, uh, these last couple of weeks, many of you know, uh, my father-in-law, Richard Goosey, went home to be with the Lord two Sundays ago, and uh, I got to spend some time with family in Kentucky, went to Kentucky for funeral, came back, went to Kentucky, came back, and I uh, got to spend some time um, with them. And then thinking about the trip to Israel, and then I try to reflect every year about my own personal life. I hope you do too. As we begin entering into this new year, asking yourself, what can I do better? What can I do better? How can, how can I be better as a person? And I read this passage of scripture, which is always a challenge to me, 1 Corinthians chapter 4, and looking at verse 1, it says, Let a man so account of us as of the ministers of Christ. Ministers is another word for servants. Servants to stewards. Stewards is another word for managers. So servants and managers of the mysteries of God. Of course, that's what the Apostle Paul was. He was a servant. He was a steward, a manager. What is the requirement for that type of person? Well, it says in verse 2, For it's required in stewards that a man be found faithful. That's what we're going to be talking about. The requirement of a servant, that requirement being faithfulness. Let us pray. Lord, we thank you for today. Thank you for all that you've done in our hearts and lives. I pray for, every, for everyone in this room that, Lord, I know we have many things on our minds and thoughts right now. But in these next moments we have together in your house, may we be focused on your word and, and what you have for us. Each one of us has, comes in here a little bit different. Some may be struggling in one area and others in a different area. I pray that everyone in this room knows Jesus Christ, their personal Savior, for that is the greatest need of every person in the entire world. That there's been a time in their life where they recognize the fact that they were a sinner and in no way possible they could save themselves and they placed their faith and trust in your son, Jesus Christ. And then after that, God, help us to grow in the grace and knowledge of him, of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Now bless the day, do what I cannot do, speak to the hearts of people, we ask in Jesus' name, amen. So what is, what is a requirement? Some of you have requirements, you, maybe you have quotas, things you have to meet at work, maybe you have to be there a certain amount of time, uh, you have to log in, log out, maybe you have a certain many hours, maybe you're a 40 hour, maybe you're on salary. All of us have requirements in life. That's a good thing. My daughter's getting ready to go back to school, Bible University, uh, and she's going to have some requirements. Other you going back to school, you're going to have some requirements. You're going to have some assignments. You're going to have some assignments you love. You're going to have some assignments you maybe not love so much. You're going to have some things that are, you're going to have some expectations. The reality of it all is we all have those things in our life, don't we? We all, all have requirements. To have a requirement, this Greek word means to Demand something from someone, to seek for something in order to find it. We have requirements. And what is the requirement for this manager or steward? Where it says one thing. It doesn't say a lot of things. It says one word. And I'm, I'm so glad it uses the word faithful. Imagine you look down and it said intelligent. Some of us would be in trouble this morning. <laughs> Maybe some of us say, what if it says required the stewards to be healthy? Would some of us would be in trouble this morning? Well, if it said it required this morning to be uh, charming, well, some say, well, I am, or maybe you think you are, but you're not. 
Some, or maybe you had a good personality. That's always very important, right? You have a good personality. Or some say, well, you know, um, uh, I, I'm an extrovert or I'm, I'm an introvert. Or some would say, you know, I have all these extra characteristics. You know, I'm, I'm talented. I'm educated. It, it didn't say any of those things. It's God in his, in his sovereignty said the one thing that everyone in this room can be. Everyone in this room can be faithful. Everybody can be faithful. It's a choice. Why? Why faithful? Why, why be faithful? The word faithful actually means, interestingly enough, to be, to be worthy of trust, to be faithful in duties in business, to be someone that can be relied upon. I wonder today, is that, is that your characteristic today? Do people know that you're faithful? Tomorrow morning, are they going to be thinking, I wonder if so-and-so is going to show up. And they're placing bets on it right now. I, I wonder, are they going to, is that person, do you know how they're going to act? You know, you, you know some people, they wake up on, on Monday morning, you don't know if it's going to be good or bad because every week it kind of fluctuates. It's kind of like sometimes they're real high, sometimes they're real low, and it kind of, you, know, you don't know who you're going to meet. Is it, ja- is it Hyde or is it Jekyll? Who is it? Some people are, are different in their personalities. Are you faithful? Are you faithful? And why should we be faithful? Well, first of all, I think we should be faithful in these powerful insights about faithful faithfulness. First of all, because we know God is faithful. Amen. Aren't you glad God is faithful this morning? Bible says in 1 Corinthians 1, 9, God is faithful by whom you are called into the fellowship of his son, Jesus Christ, our Lord. 1 Corinthians chapter 10, 13, there's no temptation taking you, but such is common to man. But God is faithful. You say, preacher, there's a temptation that I, I just can't handle. I, 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 I can't. No, dear friend, there's never been. God will never tempt you above that which you're able to do. He says, who will not suffer you to be tempted above your able, will will the temptation also make a way escape that you may be able to bear it. So you'll always, in any temptation, because he knows you, he will never give you something to be too powerful you, you'll always have the opportunity to go the other way. And dear friends, in almost 52 years of living, I've never been made to sin. I've always chosen to sin. And so will you. Thank God for his faithfulness. The Bible says in Revelation chapter 19, verse 11, And I saw the heaven open, behold, a white horse, and he sat upon him, was called faithful and true. What I want, what I know about God, he's always faithful. He's not sometimes faithful. He's not just faithful on Sunday when we show up. He's faithful Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday. He's faithful all the time. And he's also true. There's no imperfections on God. He's never made a promise and not kept it, is keeping it, will keep it. He's faithful and he's true. In the righteousness, he does judge and make war. So we, we see these powerful insights about faithfulness, and we should be faithful because God is faithful. Then we see throughout the scriptures reflections of good servants, reflections of good servants. Throughout the scriptures, we meet a man like Abraham. Abraham, whose main background was, was paganism. He was from the Ur of the Chaldees. Worship false gods, but God called him out of that paganism to serve him. To follow him. 
to trust him, to go to a land that was going to be called the promised land. And he didn't know where he was going. He just said, okay, God said, go this direction. And he, he trusted God. He believed in God. Did he make mistakes? Yes. We talked about it at length on Sunday night. He went to Egypt when he shouldn't have went to Egypt. He had a child by a woman by Hagar when he shouldn't have had a child by a woman by Hagar. But in the big picture of life, we could say about Abraham, he was faithful. Think about men like Moses. Moses, that man who was drew out of the water. And all, he, all, the, all the people in Egypt were fearful of the, of the Hebrews because they were doing some great things. And Pharaoh did not understand, did not remember the works of Joseph and his brethren. So this Pharaoh was destroying the lives of these Hebrews. Every male child was to be destroyed except for this one one named Moses who was taken out of the water. And interesting enough, his own mother got to take care of him by accident or by divine providence. I believe by divine providence. This man grew up 40 years there, 40 years in the house of Egypt. He saw it all, the greatest, the greatest empire probably in the entire world of the whole of the whole time, but he, he didn't choose Egypt, he chose God. And then for 40 years, he was the backside of the desert taking care of sheep, and then for the next 40 years, he was taking care of Israel. He was faithful to the end that he makes mistakes along the way, yet at the very end, he got upset. And every time I, and, he, and instead of speaking to the rock, he smote the rock and the water came out. And every time I get to that passage, I said, Lord, please give him, a, give him another chance. But God, in his Sovereignty says, no, Moses, you can't go to the promised land. And Joshua was raised up. Moses was faithful. David, that little, that little ruddy boy who's out there in the hills of Bethlehem, I can't wait to get to Bethlehem and see the, see the hills of Bethlehem and the sheep of Bethlehem and see Jerusalem, see where he was raised. This little boy who wasn't there when Samuel came by and saw his brothers and said, surely one of these will be the king, but it wasn't any of those. And he, he asked his he asked Jesse, the father of these men and, and father of David, is, is there one else? Is there somebody else missing? Because he knew God had called him here to call the next king. Saul was no longer going to be king. And he said, no, there's one other. He's out there tending the sheep. And he said, bring him. And he brought him and anointed this ruddy, young, teenage boy to be the king of Israel. Well, it took some time because Saul didn't like that. He chased him. Ultimately, he became king. And did he make some mistakes? Yeah. When you think of David, you think of two things. You think of Goliath, you think of Bathsheba. But you know what God said of David, even after he committed the adultery, even after he committed murder, after he committed the lies and all that he did, he said, David is a man after mine own heart. David was faithful. Abraham, Moses, David. We could go down to Daniel. Daniel, that man who was made a eunuch, that man who was taken from his home, in Israel, Jerusalem specifically, and taken to Nebuchadnezzar and the Babylonians, he would never father, he would never marry, but he had the opportunity to be faithful. Oh, it's difficult. It's, when things are well for us and life is easy, man, it's okay, I, I can be faithful to God. But imagine your life now is changed forever. Your mother and father is dead. Your family is dead. You're taken to a foreign land. You're made to be a eunuch. You'll never have children. You'll, you'll never marry. Now, what's your attitude like? It's hard to have a good attitude in good times, isn't it? And all the parents said, imagine being in that situation and having a good attitude. Oh, but what was different? 
about Daniel. The Bible said he has an excellent spirit. Wow. How you, how's your spirit going to be tomorrow morning at 730 when you get up and get ready to go to bed? Oh, I got to go to work again. Oh, I got to go see a boss again. Oh, I got to do school again. No, Daniel had an excellent spirit. And all the pagans saw it and they praised his God. Whether it be Nebuchadnezzar, whether it be Dan, De, Darius, when he was thrown into the lion's den, the cats, the big cats didn't eat him. Their mouths were shut. And, and we're talking about Daniel's in the lion's den even today. Because Daniel, though he was persecuted, oh, Daniel, he was faithful and he prayed. Talking about Daniel. Think about Peter. Oh, if anybody ever stuck their foot in the mouth, it was Peter, right? Jesus, Jesus declares, as we talked about in the book of Mark, the pinnacle of the book of Mark. Jesus says, I'm the son of God. I'm going to go and I'm going to die for the sins of all mankind. I'm going to rise again the third day. He tells them, his disciples, his trusted, loyal followers of his plan. And what does David, what does Peter say? No, 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 you can't do that. <laughs> that's not the way. That's not the way. Jesus had a specific reason to come. He didn't come to be born as we, you and I do and live. He came to die. But Peter didn't like the fact that he came to die. He wanted him to live. He want, Peter wanted him to, to set up a kingdom now to de destroy the Romans, to relieve us of the tax burden, to make our life better. And who doesn't want life better, right? Oh, I don't like the price of gas going up. I don't like the price of property taxes going up. I don't like the things that are going on. Who doesn't want a better kingdom to come? Peter wanted a kingdom to come now. Ultimately, we know as we're going to get there in the book of Mark that he denied Jesus Christ three times. And what did he do? Go out and hang himself like Judas? No. He went out, repented of his sin, and wept bitterly. He wept bitterly. He recognized he was wrong. And ultimately, it wasn't too many days later, he was preaching before thousands, 3,000 were saved, and 5,000 were saved were baptized and added to the church. Oh, Peter went through some difficult days, made some huge mistakes, said things he shouldn't have said. Jesus even called him the devil. But even in the big picture, Peter was faithful. And we have the book of First and Second Peter today. Well, think about other people. Paul the apostle, that man who wrote havoc on the church. He was on that road to Damascus destroy the lives of another church or another Christian. He was a Pharisee of the Pharisee of the tribe of Benjamin, that intelligent, erudite man, gifted among many. On his way, God, in his mercy and his grace, struck him down with a bright light. He became blind, had to go into Damascus and receive his sight from Ananias. And from that moment on, began to share his testimony. Much of the New Testament is written by that man by the name of Paul, whose name was Saul at the very beginning, which means big. But he changed his name to Paul, which means small. And he who was going to destroy the church did everything he could in his life to live for Christ and prosper the church. He was faithful, giving his very life. For Jesus Christ. Oh, we think about these names like Abraham and Moses. 
Think about David and Daniel and Peter and Paul. We preach on these probably about every Sunday somehow or another. I was thinking also about Naaman. Remember Naaman, that man, I believe in 2 Kings, who had leprosy? We, Naaman's wife had a little bitty, I don't know if she was a little bitty, but all I know is she had a maid. And little maid said, led, said to him, you know what, it'd be a wonderful thing if your, your husband, my master, would go to the prophet in Israel. She spoke up a right word in the right time to these folks and made a difference in his life. You say, preacher, I'm not a Paul, I'm not an apostle, I'm not a, I'm not a Daniel, I'm not a Peter, but I can speak up in the right time or the right place. I can say the right word. Think about that lad. Think about that lad who had two fish and five loaves. He just had a little bit of bread, but he was the right place at the right time, doing the right things. A lot of time, faithfulness is just showing up when you need to show up. Oh, we see the reflections of good servants throughout the scriptures. But the thirdly, responsibility is a result of faithfulness. 1 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 17. For this cause have I sent unto you Timotheus, who is the beloved son and faithful in the Lord, who shall bring into your members of my ways which be in Christ, as I teach everywhere in every church. See, the results of faithfulness is you can give, you can give guidance, you can give help to other people if you are faithful. If you're faithful. The responsibility is a result of faithfulness. Paul was telling Timotheus, hey, do these things, my beloved son. You have been faithful. You know what we're supposed to do? We're, as ministers of the gospel, we're to find other faithful men and invest our lives in those faithful men. Fourthly, the reliability from faithfulness can be found as the foundation for counsel. You see, you want to find somebody, if you're having a problem, who's been faithful already. If you was having car problems, you wouldn't want to talk to somebody who's always having a broken down car, would you? If you, was having, if you was having financial problems, you wouldn't want to talk to somebody who's already having financial problems, would you? If you, if you, you don't want to go to the sick if you're sick yourself. No, you want to find out somebody who's doing well. The Bible says in Proverbs chapter 1, verse 8, Here's Solomon speaking to his son, My son, hear the instruction of thy father. Forsake not the law of thy mother. Teens, who should you go to when in time of trouble? My friends, my friends. No, your mom and dad. The Bible says, Honor thy father and thy mother. Proverbs 1.19, For they shall be an ornament of grace upon thy head and chains upon thy neck. 2 Chronicles 29, verse 11, he said, My sons, be, now, be not now negligent, for the Lord had chosen you to stand before him, to serve him, that you should, be, should minister unto him. When we want to find someone who's faithful and listen to someone who has good advice, we go to the people who knows what's right and what's wrong and listen to them. Most men will proclaim their own goodness, but a faithful man who can find. Who can find? In our day and time, there's a great need for people to be faithful. Everywhere I go and every place I go, I hear people talking about, oh, it's hard to find somebody that will just show up. It's hard, to find, it's hard to find somebody who will go to work and be on time. What is, why is that? Because sin is increasing in our land. And when sin increases, diligence, faithfulness, loyalty, honesty, truth, diminish. We need to get back to doing what's right by getting back to the word of God and holding up and standing up for truth and honesty and faithfulness and love and loyalty and righteousness. Let the world do what they will because they're going the way 
of unrighteousness and destruction. But dear friend, as Christians, we need to choose to do right. We must be faithful. If your co-worker's not faithful, you be faithful. Ma'am, if your husband's not faithful, you be faithful. Man, if your, husband, if your wife's not faithful, you choose to be faithful. If your family's unfaithful, you choose to be faithful. You be the type of person that people, somebody want to come to and talk to in a time of need. We've seen the powerful insights about faithfulness. But let me give you seven principles for being faithful servants. I hope you write some of these down. Faithful is important. I was, going up to, I was going up to Kentucky, and it was cold. I kept looking at the thermometer outside. It said 9 degrees, 8 degrees, 13 degrees. And I'm thinking, why am I going north for, for Christmas? And I said, next year we're going to have Christmas in Florida. <clears throat> in my, my, and I was looking, I was trying to use my windshield wipers, and they weren't working anymore. They said, no, we, I'm done. We're not working. It's too cold. It's too cold. Why should we be faithful? Well, and how can we be faithful? Secondly, how do we be faithful? First of all, surrender the care of your life to God. Surrender your care of life to God. Acts chapter 20, verse 24. But none of these things move me. Neither count my life dear to, dear to myself, so that I might finish my course with joy. And the ministry which I received of the Lord Jesus to testify the gospel of the grace of God. Dear friend, don't you want to be faithful to God? How are you going to do that? You do that by surrendering your care to God. Trusting in him. The Bible says in 1 Peter 5, 7, casting all your care upon him, for he careth for you. Surrender. Surrender what you want. Surrender your goals, your plans, your wants, your needs. Surrender. We sing the song, all to Jesus I surrender, all to him I freely give. Would you surrender you? Would you die to you this year? Too long have we lived to our, for our own motives. Too long have we strown our own way, gone our own way, walked down our own path. How about surrender? I'm surrendering to God what he wants me to do this year. I want to be faithful. I'm surrendering his way. Secondly, settle in your heart that serving the Lord is not a waste. You say, man, it doesn't seem, it doesn't seem that profitable. I come, I read the Bible, I pray. And it seemed like I struggle, seemed like I have problems, seemed like I go through pain. There's a false teaching out there that somehow if you become a Christian, everything's going to be nice and rosy. Um, think about the brother that usually stands up here. You say, preacher, why does Chuck Gilbert go through troubles like this? I don't know all the answers why he's going through that this morning, but I know one thing. The Bible says in Romans 8, 28, that all things work together for, for good to them that love God and call according to his purpose. Well, I know about Chuck Gilbert. He loves God and he's called according to his purpose. For some reason, this bigger and past what I can even imagine or fathom, God is allowing these things to happen in his life. Accidents or divine providence? Something's happening bigger than what I can understand. But doesn't that make sense of God? God in his sovereignty and his majesty knows what's best for me, though I don't understand it. Set on your heart the serving the Lord is not a waste. 1 Corinthians 15, 58. Therefore, my beloved brethren, be ye steadfast. Don't quit. Be unmovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord for as much as you know. Not think about it. Not possible. Not, not, not even questionable. Know that your labor is not in vain in the Lord. What you're doing for God. Whatever.
whatever it may be. The Bible says, even if you give a cup of, the, of a cup of cold water in the name of apostle, you'll have your reward. Whatever you're doing in the name of Jesus, dear friend, it matters today. It matters today. Surrender your care. Settle your heart to serving the Lord is not a waste of time. Number three, shield your heart from walking in fear. Oh, fear's devastated our land, hasn't it? People are afraid of so many things. Dear friends, the Christian, what's the worst thing to happen to you? You go to heaven. Some preacher said, somebody said to me, Marty, you might not make it back from the Holy Land. I might not. I might not make it back from the Holy Land. This might be the last time I preach behind this pulpit. But dear friend, let me tell you, if it's the last time, I promise you I'll be doing better up there than you doing down here. Because <laughs> I'm going to be with Jesus. The Bible says to be absent from the body is to be present with the Lord. Oh, dear friend, the best moment of our life is when we translate from this old world full of pain and sickness and woe to a better place where there is no more pain, sickness, and woe. And that's just like that. Don't be afraid. Don't be fearful. Don't be scared what's going to happen in Washington. Don't be worried about the economy or who's in government. Just trust in the Lord. Everything's going to work out just right. I've read the beginning and I've read the end and we win. We win. It's going to be okay. Everything's all right. Everything's all right. Shield yourself. Shield your heart from walking in fear. Daniel 6, 4, the presidents and princes sought to find occasion against Daniel concerning the kingdom, but they could not find none occasion nor fault for as much as he was faithful, neither was any error or fault found in him. He was faithful. He was faithful. Number four, strip your life of any sinful ways. Any of those habits, hobbies that you know you've been struggling with this past year, the Bible says in Hebrews chapter 12 and verse 1, and many of, these, many of these passages could be a sermon to themselves, but Romans chapter 12, verse 1, wherefore seeing we are compassed about with a great cloud of witnesses. Let us lay aside every weight and the sin with us easily and set us, and let us run with patience the race that is set before us. Oh, you dear friends, you know, when you see those dear folks running, they're not in a big uh, Eskimo suit, are they? Nah, they're not wearing, they're not wearing a big puffy jacket. They're not wearing, you know, weights on their, on their ankles. No, they've done that stuff in the past. Oh, they train with those types of things, with sweats. Well, you watch the Olympics in the summertime. They get down to the, the nitty-gritty and the least they could wear to run the race before them. And so it is with Christians. Things in our life weigh us down. They're not necessarily sins, but things that weigh us down. May I ask you, dear friend, is what you're doing hurting your testimony today? Is what you're doing hurting your testimony? Is it hurting a brother and sister in Christ? Is it something that's discouraging you? Oh, David didn't lose his salvation when he committed those sins, but he lost his testimony. Samson, when he got caught up with Delilah, lost his freedom. Achan, when he, he chose that accursed thing, it didn't just, it wasn't just, it didn't just hurt him, it hurt his entire life. What? thing in your life what small thing in your life is hurting you destroying you causing you anguish and pain and maybe not just you the your family around you what allurement what purity thing what enticement is destroying you oh maybe privately right now nobody knows nobody knows nobody knows preacher don't know 
Mama don't know. Friend don't know. Nobody knows. But I'm going to say to you, friend, God knows. God knows. I love what it says about Moses in Hebrews chapter 11, verse 24 and 25. By faith, Moses, when he was come to years, refused to be called the son of Pharaoh's daughter. Oh, man, most folks couldn't, couldn't say no to that possibility, that privilege. Choosing rather to suffer the affliction with the people of God to enjoy the pleasures of sin for a season. Is sin pleasurable? Yes, it is. And if you're going to live for Jesus Christ and be faithful this year, dear friends, you're going to have to say no to sin. More money, but what you're going to have to sacrifice to get more money. More pleasure, but what you're going to have to sacrifice to have more pleasure. More notoriety, more notoriety, but what you're going to sacrifice to get to be no, more known. What you're going to have to give up to get those things that you think are going to help you so more. You're going to place your whole life on paste pearls that cannot satisfy. You're going to give up the permanent on the altar of the immediate. Don't do it. Don't do it. It's always a small thing. It's a small thing. It's nobody's going to know. I heard this story about this girl who got a in her stocking at Christmas, she got a little card, and she thought it was a $100 gift card, so she told her mom, I got a $100 gift card, let's go to Walmart, let's go to Walmart, I got $100, she went in there, and she got her, she got her, just got her little buggy, and she went taking things off the shelf, and she started going, and she went up to the register, and she gave the lady at the register, she found somebody at the register, and she gave the, the card to the lady, and the lady looked at it and said, it said, I got $100, I got $100 with stuff here, she said, it says, $10 off. $10 off, not $100. That little zero makes a difference. Don't, friend, don't give your whole life to that which is small. Don't give it. Don't do it. Don't do it. Number five, set your sights on the promises of God. There's some things that only will get you through life is the promises of God. Rest on the promises of God. Love the promises of God. Memorize the promises of God. Focus on the promises of God. Hebrews 11, 7, by faith, Noah, being warned of God of things he hath not seen, moved with fear, prepared an ark for the saving of his house, by which he condemned the world and became heir of the righteousness, which is by faith. Think about that. Here God says to, Mo to Noah, I want you to build me an ark. What's an ark? I'm going to tell you. I want you to I want you build your ark. Why? Because it's going to rain. What's rain? They had water there, and they had water there, but no water coming down. Never seen that. For 120 years, he was a preacher of righteousness going around people, telling people, it's going to rain. It's going to rain. Now, after about 120 minutes, we get tired of telling them the same thing, right? Imagine his faithfulness every day to get out and build that ark, which he didn't understand completely what he was doing and why he was doing it, but simply because God told him to do it, he did it. Some of you in marriages are the horrible right now. Stay in your marriage. Why? It's the right thing to do. Some of you are struggling. Oh, man, should I come to church on Sunday morning? It seems like a waste of time. Dear friend, this is exactly where God wants you to be right here. I, there is nowhere in the entire universe that God wants me to be but, sit, but being exactly right here. Find God's will for your life and do it. Be faithful at it. Don't quit. Don't equivocate. Don't quiver. Don't think, well, maybe I should know. Do right. What you know is right. Stick at it. Noah did. Noah did. Why? Because it was the word of God. 
And the word of God is precious as we read in Jeremiah 15 16. The words were found, I didn't eat them. Thy word was in me in joy and rejoicing in my heart. I am called by thy name, O Lord God of hosts. God's word is faithful. Number six, be sincere and serious about doing your best at all times. Mama used to say, if it's worth doing, it's worth doing right. That's good words from mama, but it's just, just not words from mama. It's good to do it all the time. The Bible says in Luke chapter 16, verse 10, he that is faithful in that which is least is, is faithful also in much. He that is unjust in least is unjust also in much. I've told people in the past, hey, go out and cut the grass. Hey, if a person won't cut the grass, how am I going to let them collect the offering? You get that? If you can't cut weeds and show up on time and do what you say, why should I let you into God's house take up an offering? Amen. If you're not faithful in least, how should you be faithful in most? Dear friends, you know what I do every morning? I get up and I make my bed. You say, you say preacher, <laughs> how old are you? I said, 50, 50, 51. You say, you, you, your mama's still alive. No, she's in heaven. Your wife going to get mad at you to make a bed? Oh, probably not most of the time. And I've said to her a few times when she's talking about make the bed, I said, Angie, why do I need to make the bed? She says, why do I need to make you food? That solved that. That solved that whole thing. That solved that. That was the end of that conversation. Because the Baptists like to do two things, eat and talk. You know why I make my bed every morning? Because I start out with make it doing an accomplishment. I don't know what else I got the rest of the day, but I got that done. I make my bed, then by the grace of God, I have my devotions, have a time of prayer, but I start by making the bed. What do you do every, every day consistently? What are, you doing, what are you doing consistent? Are you faithful? Oh, you ever ask somebody to do something and they fail? You try to give somebody a little bit of responsibility and they failed? How, 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 how hurtful, how, how much a struggle, how painful that is? The Bible says in Proverbs 25, 19, confidence in an unfaithful man in a time of trouble is like a broken tooth and a foot out of a joint. You ever had a broken tooth? You ever had a foot out of joint? You ever had a sprained ankle? Oh, it's painful. Oh, God, we need more faithful men. Number seven, see in your mind the final up outcome of your faithfulness. See it in your mind. Plan it. Pray for it. See it in your mind. Hebrews eleven eight. by faith, Abraham, when he was called out to go to a place which he should, after receive for inheritance, obeyed. He went out. Knowing everything about it? Nope. Not knowing whether he went, for he looked for a city which had foundations, whose builder and maker is God. All these died in faith, Hebrews eleven thirteen. Not having received the promise. They didn't see it. They didn't get it. They didn't grasp it. But they were trusting. But having seen them afar off, they were persuaded, persuaded by them <coughs> and embraced them and confessed they were strangers and pilgrims on the earth. Trusted. They believed. What does God have you to do in 2023? Can you see it? Some of you, as I've challenged you, for the first time in your life, to read through the Bible. The read through the Bible board is in the back. Take a little pen. If you have a pen, just mark off what you read. Go through and put a star there. You said, I've never read through the Bible. What an accomplish that accomplishment that would be as a Christian. For the first time in your life to read through this book one time. I've said it before. I'll say it again. I would not want to meet Jesus Christ and not 
read his book. When my wife and I were dating many moons ago, at least two, some of y'all get that about three hours from now. We used to write letters to one another because cell phone was awful expensive back in those days. How sad it would have been if I'd have wrote her a letter and then wrote her another letter and wrote her another letter and then maybe weeks later find out I actually didn't read one of them. Oh, I've been frustrated. Imagine the king of all the universe has given us a precious letter. Oh, dear friend, if we don't do anything this year, you say, I want to finish that series on Netflix. I want to watch the playoffs. I want to, dear friend, if you got one thing to do, do this. Spend time with. Oh, other resolutions, be faithful. The greatest decision I made outside of trusting Jesus Christ as my personal Savior is showing up to church. It was the greatest decision. I didn't know, I didn't know anything about anything about the Bible. The preacher said, show up. I showed up Sunday morning, I showed up Sunday night, I showed up for Sunday school, showed up Wednesday night, showed up, showed up every time the doors were open. You know what it was? It helped me grow spiritually because it was feeding me. I was getting fellowship with other saints. I was getting encouragement. If I did not get go to church Sunday morning, Sunday night, Wednesday night, when I was a young person at the age of 17, I would not be standing behind this pulpit tonight, today, this morning. I would not be here. It's that one thing. Go to come to church. Preacher said, come to church. I said, okay, I'm going to come to church. I'm going to come to church. People thought I was crazy. People thought I was out of my mind. People thought I was a lunatic. Thank God I stayed faithful. By his grace, he come to church. What is it in your life? Maybe tithing. Maybe you haven't tithed. Maybe you've never tithed in your life. You never give 10% of your gross income to God. You said, how is that possible? How is it not possible? How is it possible? I've struggled to make it the way I am. How about give 10% and trust God? Is God able to take care of you? Is he able to provide for you? Is he God or is he not? If he's the God of all the universe and he asks you to do something, why not test him? Why not try him? Why not see if if he's faithful enough to take care of you? Now, that doesn't mean, okay, I'm going to go out there and be crazy. Then next week you come in, you know, with a Cadillac and then ask God. Now, that's, that's presumption. No, don't do that. But trust God. Trust God. Trust God. Why? Because ultimately, dear friend, we're going to see God. We're going to meet him. And that's what Paul said in the second letter to Timothy, 2 Timothy 4, 7 and 8. I fought a good fight. I finished my course. I've kept the faith. Henceforth, there's laid up for me a crown of righteousness, which the Lord, the righteous judge, shall give me at that day. But not to me only, but unto all them that have to also love his appearing. It's not just for me, Paul wrote, but for anybody who loves his appearing. He finished well. And if this is our last year in 2023, could it be said of us here this morning? We finished well. We finished well. You see, friend, I don't want to get disqualified. Paul didn't want to be called, called a castaway. First Corinthians chapter 9, 27. But I kept my body, my cup under my body, and, and bring it into subjection, lest by any means, when I preach to others, I myself should be a castaway. What's a castaway mean? It means not approved, not standing the test, put on a shelf, rejected, found as false, unfit for good deeds, cast aside. Or disqualified. I don't want to do that. 
I want to be found faithful. And bigger than that, I want you to be found faithful. You see, dear friend, the devil wants in the details. <clears throat> this guy by the name of, I think it was Usain Bolt, fastest man alive, August the 18th, 2011, getting ready to race in the Olympics in South Korea. He had the fastest, fastest time at the 100 meter, 9.52 seconds in 100 meters, fast. Getting ready, they all lined up. Judge had the gun, getting ready to raise it. Somebody jumped off. Now, the, the rules during the Olympics, if one person jumps off, anybody who jumps off, off the block before they should will be disqualified. That's the rule. Oh, they all got, they all got a warning, but the, anybody from that point off who jumps off before the, before the, the, the gun is, is shot would be disqualified. Usain Bolt, he was the fastest man. He was going to win the race, and he jumped off before he should have and was disqualified. He would have won. Small things, tiny things can cause us to be disqualified. Dear friend, be faithful. Choose faithfulness. And that's ultimately what it is. The powerful insights about faithfulness, the principles about being faithful, but it's a personal choice. It is your personal choice. I can't choose it for my wife. I can encourage her. I can't choose it for my kids. I can encourage her. I can't choose it for you. I can encourage you. You, this year, are going to choose it yourself. Will you be faithful to God? So that one day, if this year is our last day, if the rapture does come, when we meet him, he will say, well done, thou good and faithful servant. I wonder today, if today was your last day, would he say that to you? Oh, preacher, if you only knew. If you only knew what I'm thinking about, if you don't think about my plans, if you only knew what I've done. It doesn't matter what you've done in the past so much as what you're going to do in the future. You can't change the past, but you can choose the future. Ask God to forgive you of the past. If, I confess, if we confess our sins, he's faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Before you came in this room, you may have... You may have had plans to do something this afternoon that would cause everybody in this room to blush. I don't know. Would God change your heart today? I want to see everybody in these, in, these, in these chairs 2023 and getting into 2024 if God allows us to be here. And I want to see more, more, more people in these chairs. How's that going to be happening? Oh, dear friend, we already have, we have a faithful God. We ha we've had folks in the past show us from their exploits and their example of their faithfulness, Peter, Paul, James, the little maid, the lad. But the question is, what about we, us? It is a choice. Our sovereign Lord wants us to be faithful. He was faithful, is faithful, will be faithful. The question is, will you be faithful? Will you choose it? Will you choose it today? Father, we thank you for your grace and your mercy and your kindness.